Okay, as we enter into our 15th anniversary weekend, I wanted to stir up uh, us, for all of us to dream again. I think what happens to many of us is we look at the great things God has done and then what happens as we as Christians and churches, we stop dreaming. And that's why so many churches die. A lot of churches are dying today. They're saying around, I think it's 30,000 or something like that a year where churches are closing their doors. But thank God, 30,000 more are being birthed again. But here's, here's the thing. They lose their dreams. And God wants this church to continue to make a difference for generations to come. So, which means this. We all need individual dreams for our marriages, for our families, uh, for our kids, all that kind of stuff. But we, we want them to go beyond our lifetime. That's what's called a legacy. But we still have that same desire for us corporately to keep dreaming and to see things keep going on till Jesus comes back. Okay, in review, this is what we have. Uh, dream, here's what a dream means. It means to imagine in sleep, to have a succession of images or pictures like a movie in one's mind as a sleep or daydream of things to come. So uh, let me just say, I have a retraction from last week. I told you that I come from a family of dreamers and imaginations. And my dad, I said, taught us the phrase, uh, uh, boys, life's a movie, you're the star, make it a good one. But my brother Pinky listened to the sermon last week and he corrected me on the golf course. I came up with that phrase. So I said, I'll make sure you get the credit. So it's a pinkyism. I just want, it's a pinkyism. So next time you see Pinky, say, thanks that you told me. My life's a movie. I'm the star, and I'm going to make it a good one. And thank you for the pinkyism. Okay. And then somebody also called me out on my grades. I told you guys that I got C's while I was growing up. And they said, you didn't get all C's. And, and it's true, I didn't get all C's. I got some A's. I, I forgot to tell you this. I got an A in PE and an A in band, okay? So, so there you go. I just want to correct everything that I say, all right? I do have a tendency to paint stories a little evangelistically, so just want to be careful, all right? Proverbs 29, 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, and, uh, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed, which means he will reveal to you, but you've got to do or act upon what he reveals, and then your life will be blessed. And then Acts 2.17 in review, it says, in the last days, and as we get closer to the end uh, of all time, God says, I will pour out my spirit. And I just want us to know we are in those days, and time is getting shorter for the coming of Jesus Christ. And as he as it, as it gets that way, I just want you to know something. You're going to hear me preach this again sometime in the near future on the last days. But you need to know this. Don't preach that God's going to come and take you out of the mess. Come on. He cannot correct you or make you into a man or woman of God that you're called to be unless there's heat and agitation. Just saying, all right? So don't be mad at God when he allows you to go through tough times. Makes you more like him. Okay, now, so that's why this, inverse, this verse includes, uh, look at what it says, the Holy Spirit is going to 
do. He's going to come upon your sons and your daughters, and they will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So uh, our young people will have prophecies. The Holy Spirit will come upon them, and uh, uh, visions will come upon you middle-aged, and, and, and the old men will dream dreams. That, that would be me. All right. But I'm just saying... God's going to bring all three of those things together and they will speak of things that have not happened yet and God will give us pictures or movies in our minds and hearts that have not come to pass. And God's going to give us those pictures so that we can see them fulfilled in our lifetimes and in our children's lifetimes. Now, according to this verse, God has a plan to touch the earth before he returns by giving all of us those prophecies Uh, visions and dreams, okay? Which makes this topic, by the way, mission critical. I want you to hear that. This is critical to our mission. That's why we said last week that dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. So through this this series, I want to help you see what you don't see and see what God sees and what God is up to for your life and for this church as we go through these last days. All right, so Let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on. Let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible. God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be. And I can have all it says I can have. Today, by faith, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it for my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here's a question. What are you seeing now? Not with your physical eyes, but with the eyes of your heart. Did you know that your heart has eyes? That your heart can see things? And isn't it interesting that we can watch the same news, but see it differently? Or we can see and hear the same sermon, but hear it differently. And it's because we're not seeing through these eyes, but through these eyes. Now, my question for us as a church is what are we seeing now and what are you seeing now? So here's my prayer for all of us, Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, To understand what God's up to, we need that spirit of revelation and wisdom so that we may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to uh, which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So church, as we go into celebrating 15 years being a church, I want us to know 
There are a lot more dreams, a lot more visions to come. There's a lot more that God wants us to do together, and not only us, but our kids, our grandkids, and our great-grandkids, and our great-great-grandkids. And as we keep dreaming dreams, we have a part in God's plan for this place, this harbor, and future generations that only we can accomplish together, not apart. So don't stop dreaming God's dreams, all right? Now, how do we do that? There's a great story in 2 Kings 3 that gives us the keys to, or at least some of the keys, three keys I'm going to give you today on how to get God's dream, all right? So this story is in 2 Kings 3, and uh, these kings can't see what God's up to. The king of Israel, it says in verse 9, the king of Judah and the king of Edom started out on what proved to be a looping detour. In some translations, it says, or a roundabout detour. Uh, How many like the new roundabout? My wife told me the other day, she watched this lady just going around and around. Roundabouts are fun when you first get on them, but you got to know when to get off, you know. Otherwise, you can cause wrecks. Is he going to keep going? Is he going to get off? What's he going to do? So uh, after seven days of this roundabout detour, they ran out of water for both army and animals. Verse 10, the king of Israel said, bad news. What? That's what he's saying. Bad news. What? God has gotten us three kings out here to dump us into the hand of Moab. And by the way, you should read your Bible like that. What? Bad news. I'm telling you, reading the Bible is better than drugs. It's, 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 I'm telling you, it's better than alcohol. It's the thing, if you'll just put some emphasis in there where God does, it ter- changes the whole thing. So he says, they, they brought us out here to dump us into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, I love this king. Isn't there a prophet of God anywhere around here through whom we can consult God? And one of the servants of the king of Israel said, Elisha, son of Shaphat is around somewhere, the one who was Elijah's right-hand man. So Jehoshaphat said, good, a man we can trust, a man who really has the word of God. So the three of them, the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went to meet him. Elisha addressed the king of Israel. Now you need to know why he addressed this guy because this guy, even though he claims to be godly, is not godly at all. He's an idol worshiper. So he says, what do you and I have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and mother. In other words, they said everything they wanted to hear, but never said the word of God. All right, let that never be in this place. So never, said the king of Israel, it's God who's gotten us into this fix or into this mess. Why do we keep blaming God? Do people forget there's a devil out there? And do people forget that they can do things in the flesh they shouldn't do? So, gotten us into this fix, dumping all three of us kings into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, I love this, as the God of the angel armies lives and before whom I stand ready to serve, if it weren't for the respect I have for this godly king Jehoshaphat of Judah, I wouldn't give you the time of day. Sometimes it pays off to hang out with godly people. So Elisha is saying, I'm going to help you because you're with a king that follows God's ways. 
So look at verse 15. But considering, so he's saying, considering in spite of you, bring me a menstrual. So he's saying, bring me someone who plays the harp or bring me someone who plays a stringed instrument. Now, to me, that's a funny phrase. And the reason it's funny to me is because this guy's saying, look it, uh, or the, all of us are thinking, look, they're thirsty, they, thirsty, they need to win a war, and they need to go in, and you want mood music. <laughs> that doesn't fit. But Elisha literally gives us a key to why he could hear from God and how we can hear from God. So look at this rest of the verse. He says, send me a minstrel when the minstrel played the power of God came on Elisha. So I want to demonstrate this for you this morning because some of you say, you know, I need to hear from God. Here's what you need to do. I've got two minstrels. No, two, two amazing men here. But I, I brought them up to be my, to be, to show you what this looks like, all right? So guys, could you just play something? Did the atmosphere change? Yeah, it changed. Every time, you, you guys understand this. This is why we do worship in this church. We, we have instruments and, and voices that will change the atmosphere of this place. And I want you to know, as this, as this prophet begins to hear the minstrel, he's saying, God, uh, guys, God's with you. He's going to help you. And I want you to know, God's with you. God's going to help you. He's going to see you through. It's nothing. You know why you didn't? I should have been here in Amen's right there. But the atmosphere changed. Now play again. You're going to make it, church. God's with you. You're going to see it through. He's going to see you through whatever you're facing. I'm telling you, God changes everything, everything, if you'll just listen to what he's saying. So you need to write this down. Dreams are birthed in God's presence. If some of you lost your dream, 
Maybe you stopped being in God's presence or maybe you've never been in God's presence. But I'm telling you what you need to do. You get it, need to get away from the distractions, get around, away from the people that take you down and get on some worship music, get in the word and the presence of God will come into your car, into your room, wherever you're at and he'll give you new dreams. All right. Thank you guys. You're awesome. All right. Now, did it not change the atmosphere? It cha- it, I'm telling you, sometimes I'm feeling down. I just put on worship music in my car. I'm not even singing because I've not that, got that great a voice, but I, I'll sing just me and the Lord. But sometimes tears just start flowing because his presence have over, has overwhelmed me. And then he starts speaking. Look at the next verse. Then he said, this is Elijah. He then said, God's word to you is dig ditches all over this valley. In other words, if I'd been the king's heaven, we'd be going, what? Make this valley full of ditches. I'm sure these guys are like complex and, and they have looks on their faces like, hey, prophet, we need a word from God. We need rain. We need something to happen here. And you're telling us to dig ditches and, and, and how are we going to beat the, this king and how are we going to take care of our animals when you tell us to dig ditches? But I'm telling you, he's saying, dig some ditches all over this valley. There's no clouds, there's no rain, but write this down. Dreams always go from inspiration to participation. Every time God gives a dream, he requires some action of faith on our part. When Jesus healed the man with the withered hand, he had it under a coat because it wasn't cool to, to show your, your, uh, your weakness. And so he said, take your hand out. He took it out and he said, stretch it forth. He stretched it forth and Jesus healed his withered hand. He required faith. And when God came to, Jesus came to the 5,000 to feed them, he broke them into 50, said, break up into 50s and then I'll feed you. He took, in other words, what he was telling them was going to happen, took some action on their part. When you get a dream, you can't keep dreaming. You gotta get out of bed and start putting some action to the dream that God gave you. It's one thing to say we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but if we do nothing, we'll never know what the Holy Spirit can do through our lives. Faith takes action. Dreams must always go from inspiration to participation. So it's one thing to get a dream in the presence of God, but it's another thing where you gotta get out of bed and then act on it, okay? Look at these last two verses, 2 Kings 3, 17 through 18. Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind, and you won't see the rain. Now, why did he tell him that? Because he wanted him to hang in there. So many times we get dreams, and we don't see anything happen. And what happens is a lot of people give up on their dreams. They quit too early. And so here these guys are out there digging ditches. Nothing's happening. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't give up on your God-honoring dream. Don't give up on the dream that God gave you. It may not happen the way you thought, but the rest of the verse says this. But this valley is going to fill up with water, and your army and your animals will drink their 
fill. It didn't come from the wind. It didn't come from the rain. It came from some stream or something that happened that melted in Edom and came down through the valley and filled those ditches of water. And then I love this next part of the verse, verse 18. It says, this is easy for God to do, and he will also hand over Moab to, to you. In other words, God's not, this is not going to co- cause any sweat for God to get this done. He's going to get it done. He's a God who can do whatever he promises to do. Whatever God has spoken over your life, believe it. And then act on it. And then wait for his timing. And don't take it into your own hands. And God will do some amazing things through your life and through this church. I know. I can just see those guys. Or Elijah saying, I know there's no rain. And I know there's no cloud in the sky. But I want you to know. I'm going to keep on digging ditches until Jesus does what he promised he would do. So I'm going to get, introduce to you, Matthew. You all know Matthew. I'm going to appreciate Matthew. Today's Matthew's last Sunday here for a while. Uh, I know we're all sad. I'm sad. But he's going to uh, go away to school, and we're going to help him do that. But would you give him a big hand as he comes to share the word of the Lord? Yeah, I'm also sad that I'm leaving. It's been a really special time here, just getting to spend time with family and just be at Harbor City Church. And yeah, I've had so many good times over the summer here. Um, And God has been speaking so much. Um, I was so grateful that Pastor Doug asked me to just come and share my testimony. Um, And I was just thinking about this as I was coming onto the stage. that, you know, in Revelation, it says that this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that is such a powerful word. I just love that. that. That's like one of my favorite verses. Just, it rings in my ears. And as I was sitting over here just listening to Pastor Doug talk about the dreams of God and how we receive them, I was just looking over here and I saw this flash of light in the corner of the room just light up in the back. And I've seen angels in this house of God before. I've seen angels here. But I know that that was God saying, there's an angel here right now. And so I just said, well, what does he want to say? And (laughs) I just saw right back there just this vision of an angel on the front of a giant, huge ship, like a big sailing ship, you know, Um, just this big, massive ship. Um, And he was holding this telescope and looking through that telescope at me. And I could see him just holding that telescope there and just looking towards the future. And he's the one that is guiding the ship, right? Whoever has that telescope, he's telling us, oh, there's an iceberg over here. Or there's, you know, we need to go this way or we need to go that way. He's the one that's guiding our ship, right? So that's the Lord letting us know that he is guiding our ship. And he wants to reveal things to us. He wants to reveal the future promises that he has for our church. And I just, I got so excited when I saw that because this morning, as I was just praying, I just heard the Lord say, there's some people in the church 
that are so hungry to see people getting saved, and they're so hungry for the lost, and there's people who want to go out and make disciples everywhere they go, and that's the word that I've been just chewing on all summer long, just this this dream that we would see the whole Grays Harbor community coming to know the Lord, and we would see so many people getting saved. And you know, it's it just really breaks my heart because I've just seen, you know, in the short time I've lived in Grays Harbor, I've seen so much loss, and I learned that, you know, we have um, the highest suicide rate in Washington State, and that just breaks my heart. Like, we can't just sit here and, like, do nothing about that, right? Like, there's children who need to know Jesus. There's moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that need to know Jesus, because he's the only one that's going to take them out of that darkness and bring them into his light, right? He has a hope, right? He's given us a hope. If you don't have Jesus, what do you have? You got nothing. You got nothing. I don't even see air in your lungs without the Lord. Because you know what? That, that cross that he died on so that you could have salvation, he gave it all there for you. And he said, just come to me. Anyone who calls on my name will be saved. Anyone. Doesn't matter what you've been in, what situation you've walked in, he can save you anyhow, anyway. I, two years ago, was um, walking in a gay lifestyle, and I was uh, identifying as a transgender woman named Venus, and I was a heavy stoner. I smoked weed, like, all the time, and um, just, like, was loving to go into parties, and I practiced witchcraft for a long time, and I was just living my life very hedonistically. And when the Lord started speaking to me, I realized there's something there. There's something there. My friend Ellie, she and I were sitting in the car one night, and she was telling me how Jesus had knit me together in my mother's womb. And he is the one that gives us identity, right? Because he created us. And when I heard that, I said... I know that this is true. I just don't know how to make it my truth. You know, I don't know how to make it my own. But God led me on a really amazing journey. And I encountered him multiple times. And he spoke to me. He spoke to me when I was just driving down the road in my car on the way to work every day. I would just sit in the car and I would turn on the worship music. And he would speak to me. And he would just minister to my heart. And so the night before um, I got saved, I was just sitting in my room, and I was asking God to just show me the truth. And he said, you need to know who is Satan and who is Lucifer. And I was like, okay, that's pretty dark. And so (laughs) I was like, okay. So I'm looking this up, and I'm trying to discover, like, you know, what is the truth, God? And as I came to read about the gospel that Jesus died for us so we could have freedom from these worldly powers and we could walk with him in glory, I realized I'm following the wrong God. I'm serving Lucifer and I need to turn around and serve Jesus because he's the one who can actually save me, right? And so that night I just said, Lucifer, I'm done with you and I'm not going to play your games anymore. We're done here. And I'm not afraid of you. You need to get out of my life. I just want God, right? Well, Lucifer didn't like that very much. And I was very attacked in that moment. But all it took, you know, 
The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him, right? So all it took was the Lord saying, don't believe a word he says. I was like, okay, Lord, I think that's God. I think that's God. That makes sense. And so I just said, Jesus, if you can save me, I need you. I need you desperately. And I repent for all of my sins and everything I've ever done. God, would you please forgive me and take me back? Would you save me from these evil powers in the world and just bring me into your kingdom? And he came into my room that night and he said, Matthew, I love you. And you're my son. And I, I created you. I created you. I gave you your name. You don't have to change your name. You don't have to change your body because I made you and I'm going to give you a new identity and I have great plans for you and I'm your father and we're going to have a great life together, right? Eternal life together, right? So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because any anyone it doesn't matter where you've been or where you're going anyone at any point in the journey god can step into your life and he can say hey i'm here just wanted to let you know i'm with you and i want you i want you to come be with me and he will interrupt your life and he will bring you into a glorious kingdom you have a glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ that is waiting for you and you know what he says about you he says you are his righteous inheritance and he wants you he wants all of you he wants all of Grays Harbor he wants every single person on this earth to know the name of Jesus so you know as i went and just kept spending time in God's presence. He revealed that he wanted me to go and do a mission trip. And so I just took that word of the Lord and I said, I'm going to stand on that right here. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a missionary. And because that's what the word of God says. Can I get the verse, um, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20? It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, has been given to Jesus. Go, therefore, go, right? Go. What does go mean? It means change your location, right? You can't stay here and be going at the same time. If I just keep sitting here. I'm not going anywhere. So I have to move somewhere else. I have to change my location. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age to the end of the age. This is the last words of Jesus as he was on the earth in the end of the Gospel of Matthew. This is his last command that he gave to his disciples. And I want to tell you, the dream that I had to go and become a missionary, it's not just my dream. That's the dream of God for every single one of us. This is what he's commanded us to do, to go to all the nations and make disciples, right? There are currently over 7,000 unreached people groups worldwide. 7,000. That's about 3.2 billion people that have never heard the name of Jesus in their life. Ever. It's a sobering statistic. 
And if we don't wake up to this reality that he's not coming back till everybody knows, then we're going to be sitting here for a really long time. And you see the signs every day. It's, it's getting close. He's coming back. He said, I will come back soon. Did he not? I don't know what soon means, but he knows what soon means. The father knows when he's coming back. We don't get to know. But we do know this, that unless we go, unless we make disciples, unless we tell those people who don't know the name of Jesus about this wonderful, amazing king who came to the earth, who died for our sins, and and left us with this beautiful, amazing inheritance, and the promise that one day he would come back and he would wipe away every tear from our eyes, take away all the pain and all the suffering Unless we go and tell them, it'll never happen. We have to fulfill our end of the bargain in order for him to fulfill his. You know, but he is faithful. He is faithful and he will fulfill his promises. All he has asked us to do is submit to him in faithful obedience as his children. And so we've all been called to this amazing promise that he's coming back and that we get to go and tell people about it. And I'm just so excited that we get to do that. Um, I want to share, I just want to share how God spoke to me when I was in YWAM. I have a few more minutes here. And I want to invite you guys to just come into this this moment with me. When I was in uh, YWAM doing my discipleship training school, um, we had a gal, her name's Shannon Castile. She's an amazing preacher, amazing woman of God. And she was talking to us about the word of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. And she had a word of the Lord and she was going to stand on it no matter what the enemy said. She's going to say, this is what God said. I'm not budging from this place because that's what David did. That's what Jesus did. That's what we're called to do. And so she told us that and she said, God wants to give you a dream that's so much bigger than anything you can accomplish on your own. He wants to give you a dream that only you can accomplish with his help, right? And so I just sat there and I I got this prayer in my heart and I had to pray it out loud and I just prayed with such a fire. I said, God, would you give me your dreams, God? Would you give me your vision and your desires and your will, God? Would you reveal it to me, God? Would you help me to put down my dreams and my desires and just take yours because yours are better, God. I want your dreams. Yours are better than mine. And Lord, I want a dream that I can only accomplish with your help and with the help of the fellowship and community around me. And that was a dangerous prayer, I'm telling you that. It was a very dangerous prayer. And God sent me to South Sudan after that, and I got to minister to those who live in an unreached people group. And I got to see people who had just received the word of God for the first time just a few years prior and just see the amazing changes that were happening in their, their country that was once a crazy war-torn place, multiple coups, right? And all of this famine and, and just tragedy. And I was seeing the power of God move in this community where, where they just received the word of God and they started obeying his commandments. It was amazing to see the transformation in their lives. And so after that, I just kept walking with the Lord and he just kept showing me 
There's so many people that need to know my name. There's so many people that need to have the word of God in their own language. And even here in Grays Harbor, there's so many people that need to know the name of Jesus. I promise you, there is at least one person in this community that probably has never heard that name before. They've never heard it, especially the youth. We're growing up in a world where young people don't even know about Jesus. They've never heard that name before. And 50 years from now, we're going to be living in a world where there is no church if we don't do something about it. So we need to be active. We need to be active in our faith, right? This is, this is the dream of God, that all of the world would come to know him, that we would have people from every language, tribe, and tongue in a sea of people worshiping the Lord and just giving him all the praise and all the glory that he deserves. He wants his righteous inheritance. He wants you. He wants every single person. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants everyone in heaven with him because he loved you. He created you. He made you in his image, and he has great plans for you. And so... I just want us to all stand and we're going to pray together. Does that sound good? So let's pray that God would give us a dream, right? I want every single person in here to receive the dreams of God today by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just pray right now, God, would you open up the eyes of our heart, Lord, to see the visions, to receive the dreams of God today, God. And I just want us to all just start praying out in our own voices right now. Let's just start praying and asking God, God, give me your dreams. Give me your visions, God. Help me to put down my desires and my dreams, God, and just lay them at your feet, Lord. Help me to receive your visions and your dreams and your will for my life because, God, it's so much better than anything I could ever dream of. God, give me the grace to walk in your ways, God. Give me your purposes and your plans, God. Let's all just pray that out right now and just rumble on this for just a moment. And I would love it if the worship team could just play and we'll be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all just raise our voice together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father. Thank you, God, that you do give us your dreams, and you give us your visions, and you reveal your will to us, God. You're revealing yourself to us in new ways today, God. You're showing us the places where we can go and share the good news with those who never heard it before. You're revealing to us, you're giving us the gospel of peace. You're putting it on our feet so that we can take it all over the world, God. God, thank you that you've given us the grace to not only receive that vision, but to walk it out in faithfulness with you, God. Lord, when you said, follow me, 
I want to say, follow, I will follow you all the days of my life, God. Help me to follow you, God. Help me to follow you, Jesus, and to bear my cross every day, God. To put away my desires and take on the desires of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your powerful mercy. Thank you for bringing me into this kingdom that we get to just enjoy the presence of God every day. Thank you, Jesus. I would love to have the altar workers come up, and I'm going to invite Jen to come and pray us out here. Thank you so much, Jen. All right. Thank you, Matt. Let's give him a, a clap. Thank you, Matthew, so much for just sharing from your heart and uh, being vulnerable with us. What a great time. If you feel like God has just been speaking to you through this service and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but have everybody just close your eyes. And if this is where you feel the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you like, hey, today is the day. Make that commitment. I want you just to raise your hand in this place. Raise your hand and make it an outward declaration of what God's doing inside of you. I see that hand, I see that other hand, thank you. God is doing great things in this place and we are so grateful that you are added to the kingdom. Let's just pray this prayer together and commit to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me first. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you for carrying me through this life. Lord, I just thank you that you are going to use me. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to give me peace and wisdom as I continue to follow after you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anyone feels also that they want prayer for anything else, if you have something that you have just on your heart, you can, you're welcome to come up here. We're just going to sing it, wrap this up with another little worship song just to kind of seal it and, and set our hearts on the Lord. And just take this time, if you want prayer, to come on up and, uh, and, and get some prayer with our awesome prayer team up here. We'll sing Spirit Lead. Spirit lead me when my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters where presence of my
fulfill his dream and fulfill his his mission in life um, you can go ahead and go to this website and you can take that opportunity if you even want to bless him you can just give money um, in the generosity boxes you can give online and and we'll give it to him if it's mark matthew all there's lots of different ways that you can do that um, every time that you guys are sowing your tithes and your offerings, we are sowing it back into the kingdom. And so I thank you so much for all of your generosity. Be blessed this week and know that God is with you in all things. In those, those times of quiet and those times of chaos, God is with you. Be blessed. Amen. It's me that's releasing you today, not Pastor Doug. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a great week. God bless. <laughs>